Hey guys, welcome back to Real Things Podcast. My name is Caitlin, and if you guys have any questions, comments, or insight on any of the things I bring up in the episode, feel free to email realthingspodcast at gmail.com. Today I want to talk about something that's kind of uh, an important topic, I guess you would say, in my life, and means a lot, and I'm sorry if I get overly passionate and kind of like ADHD and like kind of fly off the handle for a minute, but it's probably going to happen no matter what. Um, as you guys, if you guys have watched or not watched, listen to any of my previous episodes, you guys know that I kind of just get super sidetracked and I try to come back to the original point of the conversation, but sometimes it doesn't always work. So I apologize if I do that today. Um, this episode, I want to talk about my father and my parents have been divorced since I was, I think four or two or four or something and I I literally just looked up the percentage of divorced parents in the U.S. and it's 50 percent. I don't like the idea of divorce. I don't like you know the concept that maybe one day I will get divorced because it scares me. I don't want to ever go through that but you know I I understand it happens and it um, it's unfortunate. It's not something that people get married going into the idea like we're getting married to get divorced and I get that um so before I like get too into the idea of divorce and my perspective on it I do want to acknowledge that I do get that people change people with my dad and my mom I wish that it would have worked. I wish that my parents would have stayed together. I feel like that's, you know, a feeling that most children or people with divorced parents, you know, want. But at the same time, you don't want your parents to be miserable. You don't want them. I'd rather have my parents be divorced and go through, like, you know, the way that they did than to be miserable my entire life and me just kind of sitting there thinking that that would be okay and that's, you know, how my life would be one day when I got married. Like, I would rather they have gotten divorced and, you know, realized that then. But the reason they got married in the first place was because they were having me. So it was kind of like out of wedlock. But anyway, I don't know. I I don't really like the idea of this topic, but at the same time, I feel like I need to kind of get it off my chest because I, I think it can be related to in so many different ways. You know, growing up, I didn't think that I had a normal childhood, and, like, I met so many people, um, friends of mine growing up that also had divorced parents, and it was just alarming the amount of people that had similar situations to mine. Like, how many of you can say that your one parent who doesn't have full custody is diagnosed as bipolar, and... You know, they lost custody, they are trying to regain custody or whatever. I mean, everyone's situation is different, but I actually found a few people in my life, especially at a young age, which I found was really surprising, that did have a similar situation. Like, one of their parents was diagnosed as bipolar, and one of their parents was, you know, the one that had full custody, and it actually turned out being the mom that had full custody. But, um... I'm not saying that, like, having bipolar disorder, I'm not trying to, like, label it as something negative, but it definitely played a factor into, you know, I guess the divorce, I think. I don't really know. My mom doesn't like talking about it that much, and I honestly don't really feel the need to ask a lot of questions about it, but maybe I will one day when things kind of clear up, but I wanted to talk about how 
I I kind of hold a grudge against my father. I grew up with him in my life being very important. I put him on this pedestal. I thought he was oh so great and, you know, basically had superpowers and could save me from whatever my life was becoming. I don't even know. And, you know, you kind of romanticize and, like, idealize when you're a kid. So you kind of, you know, project this image of things being a lot better than they actually were because you don't really know. You're naive. You don't really, like, get the the realistic picture. You don't see through all the bullshit. But, um, yeah, growing up, I definitely thought that my dad was, like, my superhero. And I thought that he was the best. So, I mean... It is what it is. Like, you do what you do. I, I can't go back and tell myself as a child, like, okay, don't buy into his bullshit. Don't believe every word he says. So, I mean, he isn't, like, the worst person in the world. Like, he definitely could be worse. But at the same time, I also hold this huge grudge against him. And I'll explain why in a minute. But um, growing up, I think, like, around, like, middle and high school is the time where my dad actually moved from like St. Louis, like where we lived, um, to California to go be with his now, um, wife. He got remarried. So he moved to California. So the court order was when I was a kid that I would go see him on the weekends and I would stay with him on the weekends. Well, he lost that. And then I just stayed with my mom. She had full custody, whatever. My mom got remarried to my now stepdad and, like, I was just living my life with them. I didn't really think of it or think of anything about it whenever I was not going to see my dad all the time. I didn't really, I think I blacked it out. I really don't remember not seeing my dad um, or there being much of a discussion or anything. So whatever, I just carried on with life. But then when I started seeing my dad on the weekends again, but it was very much court ordered and I would be in a little closeted room with a government official person I guess it was like a lawyer or a social worker of some sort and we would be in this room it was just me my dad and this person for four hours on the weekend um we'd play like games we'd play board games he'd make me food or dinner sometimes because he'd like bring in stuff um it was like a juvenile detention center kind of thing um this like place that I would go to on the weekends and basically I go in and I go through like a metal detector and I have to sign in and um my parents would go into a waiting room and I would go with the social worker into this room with my dad and I would just stay there for four hours and we would do whatever like we did like play games or hang out or whatnot and then when the four hours were up I would leave with the social worker I would sign myself out with my parents and they would come out of the waiting room or like they would go run errands or whatever and then we would leave. That was it. That was the the time that I do remember having with my dad at a young age. Um, then he left to go to California, like I said, when I was like in middle or high school. I'm trying to follow this everything like chronolog chronologically, but it's kind of hard. So I would go. Oh, so when he lived in California... You know, he was trying to meet, like, this wife of his or whatnot. I think, actually, before he moved to California, we had time where he earned back the privilege for me to go out of, like, out of the juvenile detention social worker 
facility. And so sometimes he would take me to Illinois. We'd like go play laser tag or sometimes we'd go sit at like a Taco Bell. We'd play Quake, which is like a PC version of Doom, the video game. Um, or we would, you know, hang out and just go to his place and watch a movie and eat popcorn or whatever. I don't know. We did a lot of stuff. We'd go play pool at a nearby, um, bowling alley. So that was before he moved to California. So we did, that was actually a good time too. Like now that I think about it, I think that's when I kind of like started idealizing him as like this, you know, amazing person and like he could do no wrong. And I thought my mom was, you know, the negative person that was holding us back from being together and like having more time together. Cause he would also put that idea in my mind too at a young age, which is not great. It's not what every kid needs to hear. Um, but yeah, so, so sorry, I bounced back like 3 million times, but now we're back to him going to California. So he went back to California to like, kind of like be with his wife or like his, like, girlfriend at the time and I was just kind of like mad about it because I was like you know why are you about to leave me your only kid and whatever I was kind of upset about it so I didn't really know I didn't get it I didn't understand you know people need or like wants to have someone in their life I didn't get that concept I was like you know I you have me here why do you need somebody else anyway so my dad went to California and he was like with his girlfriend whatever And he would send me things like he sent me a printer. He sent me a handheld phone. He sent me, you know, stuff on holidays, which was cute. It was nice. There was like a while there where I was getting like a package every week um, from him. And we had these calls that were set up. So I think it was every Wednesday he would call me or Thursday or something. He would call me for an hour. And um, that was the only time that like, we were allowed to have on the phone was, like, we got to call each other for an hour. Um, then at one point, I was upset, I think, that he was gone, and my stepdad and I have had issues in the past, but there was one point where I kind of was talking crap on my stepdad, and I didn't really, again, understand what, what damage I was doing at the time, so... I wrote a note to my dad and I put it in this package. I made it all discreet and pretty and secretive and whatever. And I sent this package to my dad and my dad being, you know, my superhero, he called DFS and that's division of family services. So division of family services came down and they basically like questioned me, questioned my family, and, like, checked everybody out, made sure there was nothing going on that wasn't supposed to be going on, and it, it, it was bad. So, that definitely got our calls to be supervised by my parents, which was not great either. So, once I started having supervised calls, I, hmm, I, I don't know, I, wasn't able to talk about, I felt like as much with my dad. And, you know, I thought that at one point I was going to move away with my dad and be in California. I like drew out this like picture of what my room would look like one time. And, you know, it just, it wasn't great. And my parents, my mom and my stepdad are very good now. Like they are good people. Um, they're good parents. They don't do anything wrong. Like, you know, to like that degree, I think, again, like, when you're a kid and you're naive, you kind of just 
misread everything and you just go with the flow. And, you know, when you have someone, especially like your role model, your parents telling you things, you kind of believe them. And again, my, I don't know, I don't want this to come across like my one parents are negative or my one parents are, you know, abusive or anything. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not trying to say that. But I think there was a lot of miscommunication, a lot of misread feelings and emotions, a lot of um, just assumptions made and, you know, manipulation from either side sometimes. So uh, I could <laughs> I could get in trouble for making this, honestly. It's just, it is what it is. So I I did it. So I sent this package. My dad called DPS all the way from California to come check us out. And I was actually at Girl Scout camp at the time. So I had this car pull up at Girl Scout camp and they like brought me to like the main office and checked me out and everything. And then I went back to my campsite and I was like, okay, I guess everything's good. Well, my parents picked me up and they were most definitely not happy with me because, you know, my mom was pregnant with my brother at the time or maybe my sister and my brother was checked out for, you know, bruises and marks and you know they checked out my house and asked them questions and whatnot so it was definitely way blown out of proportion but you know as you know my father was in California and he's getting you know alarming notes from me you know you as a parent would make that decision like okay this is my child on the line but I think it was definitely blown up to be something that it definitely wasn't so anyway I that happened. And when my dad moved back from California with my stepmom, she also has three kids of her own, my stepbrothers. So they all came back from California and moved here um, in the St. Charles area. So they moved there and it was kind of weird, but I was like happy because I got to see my dad again. I started spending more time with my dad because he won more time with like the court and whatnot. But um, that was probably like I want to say freshman or sophomore year of high school. And it didn't seem like realistic that that was like actually going to happen. Cause like he talked about it for so long and I didn't really think it was going to happen. And then like when it did, I was just like, what? Like you're coming. It was like, I was mi- in misbelief. I was, or disbelief. I'm sorry. I was just completely like speechless. I didn't know what to say or do. So, you know, him coming back here and moving with like his wife and like his, you know, three stepsons, I was like, what the hell? Um, they did have the wedding here. So I was there for the wedding, but then they actually like moved back here permanently for, I mean, as far as I'm, as far as I know, I think they're still here. It wasn't until about junior year or maybe senior year of high school. I think it was junior year of high school that I kind of realized that I didn't need him. I didn't feel like I was progressing or being a better person by surrounding myself with him. Um, I felt like I was reverting into this childlike state. I would throw a tantrum whenever I would go over to his house. He would take my phone away. I had a, a phone by the age of four. And ever since the age of four, I've always had a phone. So I've gone through like seven, maybe eight phones. Um... And it was because of, like, my mom thinking that, like, I needed protection. She thought that, like, if there was an emergency that I could have my phone with me 
because I was going off with my dad who, you know, had all these background issues and whatnot. So there was definitely a reason for her to feel worried and concerned. I wasn't like, she didn't feel comfortable with like me riding the bike around my neighborhood because my dad was the type of person that would just like pop up and do things out of just like nowhere. So, um, he wasn't like, you know, we weren't like on witness protection or anything, but you know, it just, it was a weird situation. And as a parent from both angles, I get why both parents did what they had to do and like what they did. I get it. I really do. And to this day, I do not talk to my dad. I don't like, you know, the way that he tried to like change my thoughts and my perspective about my mom. And I think he did that with his family too. So they made it seem like my mom was this like vicious person and she's not. She just was looking out for my best interests. Like, you know, my mom is like an older version of me. So without a doubt, there was no reason for him to be bad mouthing my mom, especially when my mom was not even bad mouthing my dad. She would tell me the honest truth about things and like, that's that. So I definitely think I sided with my mom towards the end of high school because I was learning. I was seeing, I was witnessing all the things that my mom was, you know, telling me. And when I would come back from visitations with my dad, like I was able to start spending the weekends with him, like fully on the weekends. So I'd be lugging like five or six different like bags and like, I don't know, my laptop, whatever, you name it, from my locker to the parking lot and I would wait an hour after school for my parent or for my dad or my stepmom or whoever to pick me up. So I like wasn't in their school district. So I don't know. I feel like I definitely make it sound a lot worse than it actually is. Or I I have this idea in my head that it's not as great as what I I had it. Like, I definitely could have had it worse. I could have had it better. Um, a lot of my friends, like, growing up, they thought, like, it was just, like, this weird situation and, like, they didn't really get it and they felt bad for me, which I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, again, like, it could be worse, it could be better, but I kind of am okay with how things are now where I pick and choose. I am in control of the situation because, like, when you're at that age, when you're, like, 18 and under, you don't have a lot of control. You don't have the ability to really say or do anything about, okay, I want to do this. I want to be, I want to spend this time with this person this weekend. I want to do, like, that was, that wasn't a choice for me. And like, yeah, I wanted to spend time with my dad and yeah, I want to spend time with my mom. There was holidays where I was missing, you know, I would have to spend every other holiday with the opposite person. So one year for Christmas, I was with my mom and the next year for Christmas, I was with my dad. And normally for my mom's Christmas, everyone from our family comes over to our house like once a year. Once a year do I see everyone from our family. So there was one year I remember I told my mom, I was like, I don't want to go see dad on Christmas Eve because I want to spend time with our family because I see them once a freaking year. And yeah, that's like not, you know, it's not my control. Um, I couldn't really make that decision, but I think my mom did end up emailing my dad and saying like, hey, she does want to spend time with the rest of the family that we only see once a year. And so we worked something out where I got to come home early from Christmas Eve with my dad to go see my family with my mom. Um, but unfortunately, like I think most of them had left at that point. So I think it is important to give, you know, kids that, that choice. Like 
no one wants to come from a broken family. No one wants to be a broken family, you know. But at the same time, you have to do what's best for you as a parent, as a person. But I don't think that I I believe in divorce. I get why divorce is like a thing. Um, it's unfortunate. It happens. But at the same time, like I don't ever want to consider divorce when I'm married to someone. I don't want to consider leaving someone because, you know, they've changed. Like, when you take those vows, like, you're done. That's it. Like, you can't just be like, okay, well, today I'm not going to love you. Like, no. So, you can fall out of love with, fall out of love with someone, but you can definitely fall back into love with someone. You work at your relationship, you work at your marriage, and that is that. If you marry someone, or get married to someone, and they take those vows seriously, like, you know, you should. Um, and if they come back to you, like, ten years later, or five years later, three like, a year later, and they say, yeah, like, you know, I think I want to get a divorce, or, like, things aren't working out, bullshit. That's some bullshit. So, I hope I do find someone, you know, one day that believes that divorce isn't an option. Like, divorce is just a bullshit excuse for you not being able to to fully commit. But I, I get why people do believe in divorce. Like, I, I get why it's a thing because, you know, people do change. There's been relationships where I've been in from the get-go and not even a few months later, like, I see their True Colors show and they're a completely different person from what I thought. I'm like, where the hell did that come from? That was not who, you know, I felt for in the beginning. So I get why that changes and I get how that changes, but... um you know, I was asked the other day by by a friend of mine, can people change? So with my whole dad situation, I was thinking about that whenever she asked me, like she asked me, you know, I think it was on Snapchat. She reached out and she was like, do you think people can change? It was completely blindsided. And I was like, you know, I think they can, but they have to want to change. So my dad, he reaches out to me all the time and tries to text me like random things like to you know, spark my interest or get me to react a certain way or he'll send me things like in hopes that I either get upset, happy, mad, like, you know, I miss him or something. I don't know. He always tries to get a reaction out of me versus actually trying to get to know me. And that's how he's always been. So like when I talk to my mom about him, I, I don't know, I get really bothered and upset because you know, people, people don't understand. Like my grandma, she'll ask me like, oh, do you talk to your dad? Oh, have you done this? I'm like, no, because you know what? Like I am a good person who like genuinely tries to get to know people for who they are. And I know that, and I know that I give my heart too easily to people. And I know that I trust too easily. And I've discussed that in meaningful friendships too, where I was saying how I don't have childhood friendships. I don't have people that I've known since, you know, grade X, Y, Z, like, I don't, I don't have that. I think I have maybe one of those, like, one relationship like that since third grade, and that's my friend Emma, but even then, like, we don't, like, talk that much, but, I mean, besides the point, you know, for me to, like, actually be and consider you as part of my family, and, you know, for me to consider my father to be, like, my father and to love him for as, or for as, what, to love him as my father it needs to be more than blood. Like, you know, you can be related by blood, but that person also needs to show that they're being a part of your life. Not not 
like keeping you in their life like whenever it's convenient for them that shit pisses me off when you just are in someone's life for your own convenience or like when you're keeping someone in your life for your own convenience that's that's annoying that makes me so angry so I think with my dad like he was doing that for like the longest time he was just keeping me in his life and like whenever it was convenient for him he wanted to care Whenever it was convenient for him, he wanted to put in the effort. Um, you know, my feelings weren't considered as a child. And, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Because, like, you know, as a kid, what what say, what, you know, what opinions are you allowed to give where you're actually heard and they're considered? I had a lawyer by the age of, like, I don't even know, seven. I had a phone since I was four. You know, I didn't live a normal childhood, but I also don't regret it because I wouldn't be the person I am today because of the way that I was raised and, like, whatever. So, see, this is where I told you I was, like, going to get really passionate about it, and now I don't even know what point I was trying to make. I think just when it comes to divorce, especially if there's a kid involved, like, you always need to consider that kid as, like, part of the decision making and I I know that I was considered a part of the decision making but at the same time it was like basically they were fighting out of pettiness like mainly my father but they were only fighting because they wanted to fight my dad wanted wanted to fight that's the only reason that he kept going and going and going he wanted a reaction out of my mom he wanted a reaction out of me and for him to change like he needs to want to change I'm not gonna go back to him I'm not going to, you know, jump back into the game and be like, okay, you know what? I'm I'm here to play. What's up? Like, no, that's not. I'm sick of that. I'm sick of playing games. I'm sick of, you know, trying to get attention or, you know, fight for my way to be appreciated. No, that's that's not how this shit works. When you're in a relationship, when you're family, when you're, you know, a parent that's trying to win over your kid or, you know, even if you're like a sibling or whatever else. Like, I have friends that, you know, have the same issues with their sibling. Their sibling is only there when it's convenient for them. And, you know, relationships too. Friendships. Like, that applies to everybody. Don't fight for attention and acceptance and appreciation. You will just come across it. And, you know, someone that marries you, someone that chooses you, will choose you for that. And that's that's where it lies. That's the underlying factor. So... I don't know. I think that when it comes to like divorced parents, like I get the the reasoning for it. I get, you know, people change, but you know, there's also ways that you can make things work. You know, until you've tried everything, like there's really no excuse. Um unless like obviously like there's you know, abuse in the factor or whether that's verbal, mental, physical, sexual, like any of it. Um don't ever stand for that shit ever. Not one bit. Um, but yeah, I think that there's more to it than what meets the eye. And, you know, if you try everything and give your all, not because of, you know, you trying to fight for your, your way in or whatever, like people need to want to accept it. People need to want to, you know, want to want you for who you are. You can't change somebody. That's not how things work. You can't change their opinions of you or whatever. You know, if someone chooses to leave, fine, let them leave. Let them leave. Let them see what they missed out on. But if you're married, like, you fight for what you can. Like, you both agreed 
you said your vows, you, you did your time. Like that's, that's up to you to stay in the game. So, you know, people that get like 50% of people or of marriages come out to be divorced. That's bullshit. You need to try. You need to just give it effort. And, like, you know, people do give it effort. And, like, they fight for years. But, like, okay, fine. You fight for years to what? If you're willing to fight for years to try to stay together, there's something missing. Like, you guys, you stayed together for as long as you did. Or you guys made it work somehow. Like, figure out a way to make it work again. Especially if you have kids involved. But also don't stay together because you just... Don't stay together because of, you know, okay, we have kids together. We, we we need to stay together. Like, that's not good either because kids can see that shit. So, I don't know. I think I've said enough on this topic. If you guys have any questions, comments, or insight on this topic, which I feel like a lot of people with divorced parents will have insight on this topic, or if you guys have your opinions to share about divorced parents or divorce in general, um, or anything for that matter, feel free to email realthingspodcast at gmail.com. Have a great day, guys.